these three media. Hi, I'm Darren Antrobus, and in this episode of the interviews from these three media, I sit down with Steve Royal, Britain's Got Talent finalist from 2020, and had a bit of a chit-chat all about COVID, lockdown, new gigs he's got planned, and what can we expect next from Steve Royal. Chatting to Steve Royal from Britain's Got Talent. How are you, sir? How are you doing? I'm very good, thank you very much. Yeah, the, the, the chink of light has appeared at the end of the tunnel, I do believe. The phone's <laughs> been ringing and bookings. Are, people are looking at summer with optimism. It's, it's an amazing time to be alive. We're going to go through some of the gigs that you may uh, have planned now that uh, Boris says we can go out and be with people, be with human beings again. We'll go through that in a bit. First of all, I just want to ask you, since Britain's Got Talent, do you go anywhere and people look at you and they go, go on then, do something funny, do, do something a bit crazy? Do, do, do you get some of that? Yeah, 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 actually, do you know what's weird? weird I, I, I'm imagining it's more to do with the mask situation. Is it, I mean, it's, you, you get that anyway, I suppose. Any celebrity must get that that look where people are looking at them, going, "Is it them?" But it's almost added with the masks. And the, 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 I've, I've noticed a couple of times I've been in like um, in the supermarket car park, and people watch me all the way to the car. A guy did it the other day. I, I was watching. I thought he he's, he knows who I am, right? <laughs> and he kept looking at me like that, uh, little, little nod. But it wasn't until I took my mask off in my car on the way out, and he he, he leant through the window. And, it's big wave. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's it's it's, it's 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 you have to be recognised from that. Luckily, the, the the glasses and the bald head are quite distinctive. So so I, I can be recognised. I'm one of the few that can be recognised from the nose upwards. So did your family ever say to you, or did before Britain Got Talent, did he ever go, I'll oh, just behave, Steve, just calm down, put put the juggling balls down, st- stop it, or anything like? Or were they very supportive and go? The, the crazier, the better. You know, they, they have a, there's a phrase in my house and they always, that my, my eldest especially, she turned 18 like a couple of weeks ago and she does it all the time. She goes, oh, very funny, Dad. You should be a comedian. <laughs> you should be a comedian. That's the, that's the one I get. Jen, is it? Yeah. Uh, the, do you know what? And I, I know a lot of comedians do this. They say, well, I tested in front of the, the family. I always test in front of It's the last thing I do because I just know. I do some material in front of my wife, for example, and she'll just go, I don't get it. I don't, why, why? Why is it funny? I think, do you know what? I'm just better off testing this in front of a live audience and risking a death on stage than than, than accepting the, <laughs> the, to accepting your view on this. So yeah, I, I I'm just the miserable dad. That's the kids will say. They'll tell you that straight straight to you straight to your face. They'll say, "Oh no," because they get it asked all the time. They get it asked. All the time. I bet it's fun. I bet it's fun and mad living with your dad, isn't it? You go. No, he's been he's been mis- he's miserable at the best of times, but during this lockdown, he's been unbearable. Oh no! Um, has anybody ever said to you? Uh, please don't be offended by this, by the way. Right? It is a quite a serious question, but I mean it in the nicest possible way, Steve. There's nobody yeah. doing your style of comedy, in my opinion, anymore. So the guys of Freddie Star not with us anymore. The guys of uh, you know Les Dawson, that the very visual, physical, hard work comedy is not really around anymore. Um, how do you feel about being put in that kind of bracket that you're doing something that's not seen very often? Do you know what I'm, I'm delighted about? It because it, for years, I've been kind of conscious of it to the point where I've wondered whether I'm doing something wrong. Because 
especially on the alter what you might term the alternative comedy circuit. I mean, I go on there and I, I, do, I have done sets in the past where I'll do purely stand up and just telling jokes, etc., to a microphone. But um, when I when I do the full act with the juggling it and that. I get other comics who look at it and go, oh, it's not, not really, shouldn't really be doing this. It's not right. It's not right for this gig. It's not a stand up. He's not. And then I'm going, well, where can I do this? I'm, the, I'm the, like you said there, I, I'm, I'm the only one doing this kind of material. The summer seasons have long gone. Where, where outside of pantomime, which is my one outlet each year that to do this kind of nonsense and stupidity on stage. And, and, and so no, I listen, I don't take that as an offense. That's all. I take it as a huge compliment because it, You've got to be distinctive. You've got to you've got to stand out. I mean, one of the reasons I've got a very loud shirt on at the moment. <laughs> the, the, you, you do have to stand out from the from the crowd. And um, like I said, I suppose if if I had been, I cite this as a negative thing a lot of the time. Is I, I say, you know, I wish I'd been born in the seventies and eighties because that's when the summer seasons are, and I'd have a great career. But I suppose being the only one doing it now just does set me out a little bit different from all the others. I guess, yeah. Who inspired you to do what you do now then? who, who Going back to maybe school days, um, I'm not going to say you're old or anything, but way back then at school, <laughs> somebody and go. Well, I, I, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, so the names that you mentioned before, the the, the stupidity of Freddie Starr, and, and uh, I, I, never, I was never a massive fan of Freddie Starr, but I could see... I, I suppose I analyse comedy a lot more than maybe some com comics do. And I, I don't don't necessarily find myself funny. This is a, the, the strange thing. I'll come up with ideas, but I'm always writing for a certain group of people other than myself. I, I, I think it's probably true about most comics. They, they are more entertained by people who are very different from themselves because they look at them and think, I couldn't do that. And so I really admire that. Whereas, you know, if I see some clown pulling funny faces and falling off stages, I, I think, oh, yeah, anyone can do that. So going back to your, your question there, I, I would say Joe Pasquale was quite, you know, big in the 80s and 90s. And uh, I, I took influence from him. And going right back, the, my, I always cite my biggest heroes being Ken Dodd, just for the... You know, if you could bottle it, the problem with Ken Dodd's act, of course, was that he went on for so long and he became synonymous for doing really long shows. And so always felt that he had to do really long shows. And in actual fact, if you'd condensed just, you know, into two 45 minute halves of Ken Dodd's show, you would be blown away even to his dying day where you'd be going, that is the best comedy I have ever seen. And he would have blown everyone away. But he, he went on that longevity thing, which is good on him. Listen, he could do what he wanted. He was a legend. So the likes of Ken Dodd, without a doubt, brilliant. It surprised me you said Joe Pasquale because I never thought Joe Pasquale was the visual. You know, when you put the, the, the thing, the balls in your mouth, or you did the juggling and the falling over. Did Joe ever do that kind of stuff? I can't remember now. Yeah, he did a lot of, a lot of things like that. I used to do. I, do you know one of the things? I've worked with Joe Pasquale since one of, one of the earliest, if you like, um, you know, big gigs that I did was at the I did the old time music hall at the Leeds Varieties Theatre, which coincidentally, but big hint to my tour coming up. We're back at the Leeds Varieties on the on the tour um, <laughs> later this year. <laughs> I know a great link that, but I did the, I did the old time music hall there back in I bet nineteen ninety five ninety six sort of time. And Joe Pasquale was on with me then, and he used to do a thing in his act where he used to have some candles on a on a stick. It was just stupid, but he used to come on and he'd have candles lit on a you know on a candelabra and just hold his hand over them and just go ha 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 
ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it was brilliant. And I love the stupid. And then going back to the Ken Dodd thing as well, the Ken Dodd used to do that, a, a brilliant thing that, that stuck with me for years. He used to go on with a big bass drum and sing Silent Night, which I just think is just beautiful. The idea you just can bang it. The, the, the one... The one instrument in the whole orchestra that you would not associate with Silent Night is a big bass drum. I used to love that. And that's sort of thing. Yeah, no, Joe Pasquale did a lot of visual comedy. Um, going back to the falling over things and the visual stuff, does any of it hurt, though? Seriously? Do you know, it sounds, it sounds like getting old now, but yeah, yeah. And funny enough, in, in Britain's Got Talent, the final, if you, I think, I, I've, do you know, I've never, I've not watched it back. I've not, I've not watched Britain's Got Talent. I've watched the semi-final once, I think. Yeah, I watched the semi-final. I've never watched the final back. But when I did it, someone said, you can't briefly see it. When I did the dive, I was pretending to swim in the sea with, the, with all the family involved. We did this dive. We dive one way and then dive the other way. And we had crash mats down. And my crash mat had moved slightly. And as I dived, my glasses flew off. And I hit my finger into the ground. You can still see it's still slightly swollen. My, my middle finger on my right hand is still slightly swollen. So, and I, I put that down just to, you know, all the bones taking longer to heal these days. But uh, uh, yeah, that, in terms of being physical, I've, I've just always been physical. And the, the, the leg kick again, I do the big high leg kick that I've done for years and years doing stupid dancing. And I, there'll, there'll come a point where I'll kick them. And that'll be it. I'll know it's the end because I've pulled the muscles, I've pulled my hamstring or something. But I, I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. So Boris says now that we can go out and meet people in person and do live shows. Stevie, what have you got coming up, mate? Well, I've got my tour. It's my, my priority, priority at the moment. And I hope I get a lot of little um, warm-up gigs. They're coming in quite, you know, quite well now. The little, um, you know, usual comedy club gigs. But what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing some shows at the Blackpool Pleasure Beach in May, May half-term holidays, just to warm up a bit of the new material that I will be putting into the show, the tour show, which comes out in September and October. I'm all over the country. Really, really excited about it because I'm doing some fabulous venues that in the past I've done those venues, but supporting other acts. So it's really exciting to go there and actually be, be performing them in my own right, if you like. So, yeah, I'm looking for the, that's the Steve's Royal Variety performance and I, I'm, I can't wait. I like the wording on that, Steve's Royal Variety performance. I love that. Yeah, I had to go down that way, route, didn't I? Do you know what? A lot of people said that, you know, when I did Britain's Got Talent and you mentioned it there about being slapstick, because I've done the alternative circuit for so many years, it's actually a long time since I've done that kind of stupid, stupid humour. And it's really, it's, it's almost refreshing for me. I've, I'm coming at it, not only the fact that we have 12 months of lockdown, but I'm coming at it reinvigorated by the fact that I'm doing material that I haven't done for years and years and collating it and putting it back together in a slightly different way than I did before to make it a bit more spectacular and, a bit, and hopefully funnier. And, and, and so I'm having fun doing that as well. Who persuaded you to do BGT then in the end? Um, was, it, was it something you wanted to do or...? No, I, I, I'd refused for years and years, about eight years ago, I, I, yeah, exactly eight years ago, because I did look it up, this. Um, I, they asked me, and I went down to London to meet the producers, and they, they were really keen and wanted me to do the show. And in the end, I didn't do the show that year because I, they pulled me at the last minute said, no, we don't want you to do the show. That We've got too many of that kind of act, you know, sort of, uh, um, old school humour, as they called it. And I, and I went, well, I was a bit offended by that. I went, well, I won't do it again. And every year they phoned me up and I said no every single year until this year. The big difference this year was that I do pantomime in Blackpool at the Grand Theatre every year. 
and I have done for 18 years and I love that theatre so much so that when the Opera House announced, which is a bigger theatre in Blackpool, that's a 3,000 seater, it's a huge venue. They announced they were going to do a pantomime for the first time ever. They kind of broke an old gentleman's agreement that they never would. And, and they, they announced they were going to do a, a pantomime. And I said, you know what? Um, I'm just going to give, do Britain's Got Talent to give us a little bit of a boost. I thought if I can get five minutes of telly out of it, then it might sell a few more tickets for the pantomime. Inevitably, we all then got locked down, didn't we? And none of us did a pantomime. <laughs> but I at least got, came out with third place in a talent competition. So, yeah, I, I'm more than happy that I did it and caved in in the end. Yeah, but look how far you went, right through to the final as well, which is, uh, yeah. you know. And it, it's very rare that me and the wife... Are full at the on the final with our favourite acts. So everybody on the final, when you're standing there on stage, John Courtney, there was yourself, and there was uh, the sign. Was it the signing group as well? Wasn't it? Yeah, there yeah, as well. Yeah, Jade and Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the three- yeah, do you know what? Yeah. I know you've spoken to John about this, and the, the beauty is, I mean, we all have a we have a little chat group together on on um, Insta, Instagram, and we, we all stay in touch. And the, it, I couldn't have been on stage with a better bunch of people. We all stood at the, we, you know, we all, of course, what we've been through as well. What you know, it dragged on longer than we'd all thought. You know, we all thought it'd be over and done with in May, and instead in October we're still on that stage together. And, and the camaraderie, there's not one single one of us that you would, would begrudge winning that at all. And and it was just, it was just lovely, the whole experience. And I really hope we all keep in touch. I'd love, I've said this openly in the past, I'd love to try and arrange when we get back to some kind of normality, book a really big theatre, the lights of maybe the Opera House in Blackpool or something like that, and do a big show and try and raise, you know, uh, some money for the, the sign along guys because they, they're a charity at the end of the day and they, they need as much support as they can because they're doing really, really good work. Uh, for something that need, you know needs recognition, and uh, it'd be lovely to be part of a, a big of, of all the finalists uh, uh, the, the, from from last year who went through it together, all through reappearing on stage together. I'd love that for, to happen if we can. If you do that, I'll come and host it for you as the presenter. That'd be even better, even better, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> um, before I let you go, Steve. Anyway, uh, I want to do something a bit of fun with you now at the, at the very end, uh, as part of our three men in a podcast, which is what you'll be on anyway, uh, which is our podcast. Um, I want to do a retro Hall of Fame with you, which all of our celebrity guests do. Now, okay. do you remember Room 101 off the telly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so love it. Just pick off the top of your head a retro item. It could be, well, Chrissy Rock from Benidorm. She picked a VHS video. Uh, we've also had Adam Rickett from Coronation Street, yeah, with One Hit Wonder, Breathe Again. He picked bottle tops on his shoes from the 1980s. <laughs> I picked shell suits and they didn't go in the retro hall of fame. I got voted out. So this, this is, this is kind of the opposite in a room 101. This is something we actually want to go into room to room 101 as opposed yeah, this, to this, not this, going. This is something that you, that you want to be placed in the retro hall of fame forever to be protected. I, I don't even have to think about this. I know exactly what it'd be. It'd be, I mean, people, kids nowadays talk about the Xbox and how brilliant it is to get an Xbox or a Sony PlayStation 48, whatever they're up to. Back and when I was a lad growing up in the 70s, we didn't have Xboxes, we had a Moo Box. And that's what I'd like to go into the Hall of Fame. Never the box it. that used to pick up. You never heard it. It was a little box. You, you will want to describe it to you now. This is why I call a Moo Box. It was just a little cylindrical thing with holes in the top. And when you turned it over, it just go... Mm. Vaguely, mm. 
That was all it did. It was hours of fun. <laughs> it was a toy. You used to go as a kid. You used to, if you shook it, it did that. <laughs> like that kind of not. It was, oh, bring back the moo box. Get people, get your kids off the telly. Give them one of them. Just imagine giving your child who's level 49 on some computer game now and giving him the moo box just to play with for half an hour. You know, it can go and be chucked at your head within two minutes. So, yeah, I, I, the moo box. I bet no one else says moo box. <laughs> oh brilliant Steve Royal for Britain's Got Talent um, where can people find out more about your tour where they can find you just if you want to get tickets yeah just go to my website Steve Royal and it's R-O-Y-L-E not A-L R-O-Y-L-E comic uh, so Steve Royal uh, dot com sorry Steve Royal dot com my hero my biggest hero um, and he's still with us at the moment <laughs> I think he is cracking on a bit in age he doesn't live here anymore he lives in Barbados you know Russ Abbott does, is that what Russ Abbott lives in Barbados now? Yeah, oh, yeah, again. A cliff. No, really? Yeah. That's mad. Basildon yeah. Bond and all that. That was the first comedy show my mum and dad took me to see at Blackpool Pier. And I and I bought the yeah. album, the Madhouse, the Madhouse record album. Yeah, yeah. Russ Abbott's back. Oh, he, he was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. He did everything, didn't he? And then he started doing serious acting. He was good at that as well, wasn't he? he was the- I never watched yeah, him doing that because I, I want when I saw him in Last of the Summer One. Yeah, destroy it. I, I want. I wanted him to go do do Cooperman or or do Basil and Bond. Yeah, or do yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, being yeah. Serious, I'm like, don't like it now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Destroying your illusions of what you thought it was properly mad. <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve Royal, thank you very much for your time, and thank you very much for letting me interview you as well. All the very best. What's coming your way now that we can go and see people in person uh, out of lockdown and stuff? And I hope I are you got a TV series coming up or anything on telly? When we're going to see you on telly next, anyway? What so I've got next? The, 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 I can't say something, but the, the, the uh, CBBC, there's things in the pipeline there that might happen. Uh, otherwise, uh, nothing, nothing immediate, but you never know, do you? You never know. That's how this business works. <laughs> Steve, thank you very much for your time. Cheers, matey. Thank you for listening, downloading and subscribing and sharing this episode of the interviews from these three media. Keep checking back to this podcast series for more interviews and episodes very soon. The interviews is a these three media production. These three media. 